Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in Psalm number 11. That's where I'm going to launch from every time I use this. Teach, teach about it, preach about it. I don't know how this is going to go. I, I, I quit worrying about that. Normally, if I keep my coat on, I have, don't have to run. I don't get too wound up. It's kind of like putting a dog on the chain. If I take my coat off, it's over. They say, you're going to need that microphone, the lapel. Sometimes I keep my coat on with it, but I'm just going to keep my coat on tonight. Here's what I've come to do. I think that's what the Lord had had me do. I've, I've, I've talked to him all day and read his word, but I think the Lord would just have me plant some seed in you tonight that would stir your thoughts about heaven. Psalm 11, have you found it? Shout amen. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain. For lo, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. Father, I thank you for the night, the time, the place, these people that have come out. Help me have something, Lord. Let me be, fill my mouth, guard my tongue. Help me be accurate in the scripture tonight. I, I am incapable on my own. I can't do one thing without you, but I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Help me tonight, Father. I've come just to provoke thought in your people. God, that we might dig in the word of God and find what thus saith the Lord. And it'd be beneficial to us and certainly those around us. And God, in the days to come, in tough times, Lord, we can meditate upon the word of God and it'd be a comfort and a peace to us for the Lord is in his temple. I love you. I thank you, Father, for helping us. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Now, I, I searched, I searched, uh, uh, the scripture to find a launching verse and I couldn't find one any better than this the Lord is in his holy temple the Lord's throne is in heaven now I believe I told my son on the phone I said now this is the Wednesday night crowd tonight this is pie night you come on Wednesday night you get pie uh, uh, not so much in revivals of Sunday morning or Sunday night but if you're good enough to come on Wednesday night, I'm certainly not going to throw sticks and stones that breaks the bones and all those kind of things. It, 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 it ought to be sweet to encourage us to be at the house of God on Wednesday night. I don't, can't think of much sweeter words to hear than this. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Knowing that the Lord is there and nobody can do anything about it. 
Now, he doesn't have to stay there. As a matter of fact, he's omnipresent. He's all places at all times. The psalmist said, if I ascend unto heaven, that's there. He's there. But if I make my bed in hell, he's there. So, obviously, from heaven to hell is a lot of area. And you can't get away from the eyes of the Lord. They run to and fro throughout the entire earth. Now, I'm going to say some things you already know tonight, but let's just review, if we may. We know that there's three heavens. We know that, uh, so I, I, want to, I want to consider here the first heaven, Genesis 1 and 8, God called the firmament heaven. That's where we see the birds fly, the fowls of the air. That's the first heaven. That's underneath the layer. It is in this atmosphere. Then when you go above that, we have the second heaven. We all know that. Where did you get that information, preacher? I didn't get it out of a science book. I got it out of the Bible. Now, science agrees with the Bible on a lot of things. They don't think so, but they do. The Bible said the earth was round a long time before Columbus ever got in the boat. Second heaven, Genesis, still in the first chapter of Genesis, it made the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. Now, we know that to be where the sun and moon, the stars, the second heaven. But then we know about the third heaven, the abode of God. We find in 1 Kings when Solomon, but look, this is what I found interesting. You can't find where God just describes that to you. I couldn't find it, man. He just expects us to know it's there because that's where he's at. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived upon the earth, you can still train wreck and be wise. Amen. Solomon did. Amen. First Kings 8.23. Now he's blessing. He, he's asking for the blessing of God over the temple that's been built. And the Bible said, there, here's what he said. There is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath. And he, the Bible said he lifted up his hands. He looked unto heaven. And that's what he declared unto the Lord. So Solomon is looking up. And declaring that there's nobody in heaven like him. Now we know that's not in the firmament. And that's not in the stars, the constellation, the Milky Way. It's above and beyond that. And Solomon recognizes that in 1 Kings 8. But you know my old Bible teacher, Raymond Riggs. What a man. I love that guy. I learned a lot from him. He said, gentlemen, or he called us boys. Dr. Thigpen called us gentlemen. Uh, Raymond called us boys. At that time, Raymond was 80-something years old, and we was all in our early 30s or middle 30s. And, uh, and we, to him, we were but children. And he said, boys, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. He'd say that over and over. I never forgot what he said. He'd say preaching is the proclamation of the word of God to meet the needs of the people. My word. How no truer words were ever spoken. So when we're going to find it revealed, 
Brother Jimmy, we're going to get in the New Testament. We're going to come to where the, the apostle of the Gentiles begins to speak in 2 Corinthians 12. And he said, I knew a man above 14 years ago, and whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. And he said he was called up, where at, Brother Junior? To the third heaven. Now, we don't, we don't see that until we hear from Paul. Paul says, but he doesn't stop there. Now, watch this. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but we're going to go two places in the Old Testament, and I'm done for tonight. But this was too long an introduction to try to put a message behind this. This is just planting, the, this is just laying the foundation, if you would. Paul said, then I knew a man, and whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. And he's caught up into paradise. So he's caught up into the third heaven. And then he repeats that and says he's caught up into paradise. You know why he done that? So we'd know that they're one and the same. Because Jesus said to the thief on the cross, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now, I'll get into something. When I get into the heaven present, we'll do some, I'll, I'll explain a few things or we'll talk about a few things. But right now I'm thinking about heaven past. These are all pre-Calvary. After the resurrection of Jesus, things changed. Things were moved. Paradise wasn't in the same place. He took it with him. Now, not everybody will agree with this, and that's okay. Um, look, I won't argue with you, but I'll believe what I believe, and you can believe what you believe. We get to heaven, we'll let the Lord set it, set it straight, okay? So, we would agree tonight, by the word of God, is there anybody in here that would disagree that there's three heavens, but the third heaven, or paradise, interchangeable, synonymous work, is, what, is the abode of God, the very God of heaven. It's where he dwells. That's what he's talking about here. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Now, they didn't have not, they didn't have not nearly the information about heaven that we've got, and we don't have as much as we'd like to have. How do you know that, preacher? Because people ask me all the time, how are we going to be in heaven? Am I going to know when I get to heaven? This was just asking me the other day. What's it going to be like? I'm going to try to answer some of those questions with the Bible. Just let the Bible answer. But I'm talking about heaven past, pre-Calvary, Old Testament heaven. Solomon knows it's there. I'm going to tell you. It's there. And not if, if when, hey, listen, when the queen of Sheba come and looked and seen Solomon's kingdom and said, the half's not been told, you just wait, my friend. I'm telling you, there's a better land and a better place and the half's not been told. Just wait till we get there. What a glorious place that's going to be. Hey, when all the trouble and sorrow and sickness and suffering has disappeared, been put down, and we're in the new heaven. 
That's not heaven right now. Now, where they're at, do you think that the people's having suffering? I'm, I'm talking about heaven past, pre-Calvary, pre-Calvary. Those that died under a sacrifice, not a doubt in my mind. The Old Testament saints that died under sacrifice and faith to put a sacrifice forth. In other words, they're saying we're looking for one coming. Those, things, those sins wasn't taken away. They's covered up. They's just put up. Kick the can on down the road. Just keep kicking the can. They some things happen in heaven past, some of which are still continuing today, but I don't want us to look at a couple of scriptures quickly. I want us to look in Isaiah chapter number 14. Now, I would like to preface this with this thought. I know that this begins to speak about a king of Babylon and about a king's kingdom, but it looks farther down the road than that. Anyone that can't read the scripture and have a near and far thought on prophecy is, is in most places, reading it inaccurately. When they read this, and, and by the way, it, it's not chronological. Now, some of it is, but it's not all chronological. You can't read it and say, all right, that happened right after that. No, that may be 2,000 years down the road. You've got to let the Bible be its own commentary. And when you find it in one place and then you find it again in another place, you have the two witnesses of that thing, you better know it's accurate. Now, in verse number 12, It's speaking here, in my, in my opinion, of the devil, Satan. You could reference a king of this, but understand, I want you to listen to it. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Jesus said in Luke, is it 10, 18 or 18, 10? One or the other. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Jesus witnessed his fall. So how, I, want, I would ask a question that somebody said this applies only to a king. How did he get there and fall from heaven? That would be my question. It has to, though it may typify something, it's got to point to something else. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars or the messengers of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. If you want to know where God's located and where the heaven future is, past was, and present is now, it's in the sides of the north. North would always be up. Now I know it's at the top of the earth, but it's up. It'll be up. You'll find this reference several other places in the Word of God. I didn't write them all down, but it's speaking of him being in the sides of the north. In other words, he said, I'm going to where God is and taking over. 
I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, the place of the dead. To the sides of the pit, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? Some would say this is the beast in reference to the beast, but I would say that he's not fallen from heaven. So I'm more of the inclined to give it to the devil. But he's going to use the beast in the last days. That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof that opened not the house of his prison. So what is that all about? You know where it's at? That was heaven past. That was in the past. That was heaven in all its splendor and glory. And God created something that was going to rise up against him. Don't ask me why. It's part of God's plan. I can't understand why. I can't understand why he made us. But he did. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. He made all things and for his pleasure. That's why he made us. So we see this. We see this here. The place of heaven. And what happened? Sin touched heaven. Sin touched heaven. Say, well, no, you can't get no sin there. Oh, yeah, you can. It not only touched it, he's still showing up. And I'm telling you, he personifies, if I could put it that way, sin. He's the, he's the man of sin. I mean, he's a, the liar and the father of lies. He's the wicked one. He, he, he came to steal, kill, and destroy. He hates everything about you. And especially those that claim Christ. So we see the place of heaven and what happened there. Sin. Well, I don't think there's no sin in heaven. He shows up on a regular basis. He does. I want us to look at another place just to see. And then, and then I'm going to be done. But I'm, let's go to Ezekiel 28. If we don't get this, if we don't get this, anything that comes after this, when we, when we begin to talk, talk about heaven present, you're going to think that preacher's fell off the rocking chair. Now, these guys, you can't convince me that Isaiah understood every single thing he pinned down. Or Ezekiel, the wheel and the wheel. I believe Ezekiel left scratching his head thinking, my, what is that? Especially the living creatures. I mean, hey, what's that thing? I've never seen nothing like that. But all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture. Ezekiel 38. There's two. 28, 28, 28. I'm sorry. Ezekiel 28. There's a prince here. I'm not going to get into all this. And then there's a king. 
And it's speaking of Tyre. I've, I've read something out of McGee today that I found very interesting. When he said that Tyre would be destroyed, he said all that was at Tyre now is a, is a fishing village. And it speaks about Sidon here. But Sidon's not, he didn't say it'd be totally destroyed. And, and, and it's a still a port, modern day port. I thought that very interesting. So I'm not going to concentrate on the prince of Tyrus, who I think is being used of the devil. But I want to jump down to verse number 12 out of Ezekiel 28. Now I know Ezekiel's not everybody's book that you just, I'm going to read something. So I'm going to get into Ezekiel today. Or Chronicles or Leviticus. Now, that's just, that's just not everybody's favorite reading. There's nuggets in this. Son of man, verse 12, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now, look here. This is a description of the devil. And if you think he's some ugly, homely, broke down, good for nothing, you bumped your head and woke up in a nightmare. He's the best looking thing you ever put your eyes on. God made him that way. He made him beautiful. He made him the master of music. He is, he is. He's the God of this world. He's the prince and the power of the air. He is something to behold. And that was his problem. And say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden. Now, I've read this book a whole bunch of times. I don't find many people in Eden. And some say this isn't the Eden of Eden. Some say it's the Eden of God. Well, I think God made all the Edens. I don't care which one it was. But he said, this guy's been there. The garden of God. Now, I don't know much, but I know this. I've already read that in front of the book. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of thy tablets, and of thy pipes, which was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. God made him that way. You ever heard anybody sing and somebody say something about them when they sing a song, they say, wow, they got a set of pipes on them. We see all these Stones. Do you know what the priest wore in his breastplate? The stones. Do you know what he is here? You know, you know what he is? He, he was created in this beauty, but he's trying to be an imitator. Are you still with me? Thou art the anointed cherub. That's where I lose it, believing that this is a natural king, because I'm just going to tell you, they know natural kings that's cherubs. That covereth, there's a lot to this. I didn't, I didn't search it all out, but uh, 
there's more, that means more than just putting something on. And I have set thee so. He done it. God done it. And if God's all-knowing, and he is, and God's all-powerful, and he is, why would he ever make this bird in the first place? That's a question for God. I have no answer. I just know that he did. Why do you know? Because it said it. In the day that thou wast created, thou art anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. You was with him. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Dusty asked me a question this afternoon. I rehearsed most, a lot of my stuff with him before I ever try to share it, teach it, preach it, whatever. He said, do you think he's the first thing God created? Couldn't answer the question. That's a good one. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Now what was the iniquity that was found in him? Pride was the problem. We already read it in Isaiah 14 when he said, I will exalt myself. I'll be like the most high. God said, no, you won't. No. What do we have here? First, we see the place that he was. Now we see the problem. The problem is God made him perfect. And that was his problem. But what he failed to recognize was it was God that created him. Don't you know that the one that done the creating has power over the thing created? Who is man or man to shake his fist in the face of God and say, I'll not, I hear it all the time. I won't follow that rule book. Well, hey, look here. Do whatever you want to do. If you're not following the rule book, and maybe that's a poor choice of words, but there's some rules in that book. I mean, there's some in there. You're following the thing he created. And that's the problem of heaven past. Heaven past, pre-Calvary. Now, one more thing, I'm done. What can this guy, what can, what can he do? He can show up at the throne of God. When the sons of God have come to present themselves in the book of Job, somebody comes, tags along with them. Who was that? The devil, Satan. He showed up. And God knew it. He said, hey, you consider him a servant, Job. That means you got your eye on him. You're watching Job. And he put him through the ringer. You know one thing? Oh, Job might have got a little self-righteous before it was over. He said he hadn't done nothing wrong. He forgot he was conceived in sin. But oh, Job, oh, Job hung tough. 
And Satan's showing up. I want you to get this now. Satan's showing up to the very throne of God in heaven. The Lord's on the throne. He's in the temple. He allows this, he allows this created being to show up and accuse the brethren. I don't think Job knew anything about that war that was going on. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. What do we wrestle with? A plus. Principalities and powers. Spiritual wickedness in high places. It's not the things you can see that's as dangerous as the things that you can't see. Because the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You're fighting against things you can't see. Here was my thought, Mike Garner, this afternoon I'm sitting there. I mean, I know that's not much, but I've got a bunch more coming. This is just the foundation. This is just the, this was my introduction. Can you imagine if I tried to preach a three-point message after this? You'd be here for Cracker Barrel be closed before you got out. And I'm thinking, he's got access. He's got access right now. You, and you people, all, the, all the classes around here have been through Revelation once or twice in the last two years. So we all know that in Revelation 12, eventually that comes to a halt. But here's what hit me this afternoon, sitting there watching squirrels fight out in the yard. How many times have he, has he accused you, accused you before him, and he's been right? He didn't make a false accusation. Man, that was tough right there. How many times? Has he accused you before him? Because he's still doing it. Heaven past, he comes before him in Job. Now, heaven present, we'll get into this next time. The rest of the story. Heaven present, he's still doing it. But what's got my heart was, I mean, the Holy Spirit checked me on that. How many times has he accused you? And he was, the devil was justified in his accusation. On my best day, I'm a train wreck. Therefore, brother, I write unto you that you sin not. But if you do sin, you have an advocate. I've got an accuser, but I've got an advocate. And the accuser, even, Paul said it like this to Timothy, even if I'm unfaithful, he's faithful. So when the accusation is accurate, from old Slewfoot, 
My advocate can say, yeah, but just put that on mine account. You put that on my account. And heaven may still see the sin of the devil when he comes to the throne to make accusation against the brethren. And hey, that's still there. There's, it's still that way. Ask me why there'll be a new heaven, new earth, and I'll tell you in about three different messages. But here we come. We have an advocate with the Father. You know who he is, don't you? Jesus Christ, the righteous. That's him. Heaven, heaven passed. Had a problem. We don't think about heaven having a problem, do we? I mean, for the most part, you sit around and think there's problems in heaven. I don't. But there's a problem. And he shows up. It's an irregular event, I believe. There's a lot of accusations to be made. Matthew's going to play us something. We're going to stand our feet. Have anything you need to pray about, you're welcome to come. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.